Welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. I'm Aaron. And I'm Nathan. And we're both licensed professional counselors in Oregon here to open up our lives and minds with you. We'll share some of our experience as counselors, business owners, and most important of all, as everyday people. Hi, and welcome to Shrink Think. This is our podcast that explores the human experience from two therapists' perspective. We use a little humor and a lot of compassion to help you understand yourself and learn new ways of being. We hope you enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to the Shrink Think Podcast. It is a brand new year, 2021, although in a lot of ways it still feels like it's a continuation of 2020 with the things that have been going on. Um, but with every new year, a lot of people have New Year's resolutions. And also, I would say with the continuation of everything that's been going on, people kind of have the same resolution of like, okay, my problems are still here. I think I need to deal with these. Whether it's I need to work out, exercise, I need to eat better, I need to take care of myself better, like go to therapy. So we just want to take this episode to talk about that, that very thing, with a lot of people choosing to start to pursue a therapist for themselves. A lot of people have questions about what does that look like? How do I do it? I've never been to therapy, or maybe I have and it was a bad experience. I don't want to repeat that for sure. A lot of people have questions that they wish they could ask a therapist, but they maybe don't know if it's appropriate to. And actually, I, I did a little Google search on some forums, and it was really interesting to read some of the things people write. They're like, oh, I have all these questions, but I'm never going to ask them because, you know, it does, doesn't seem right or whatever. So I'm going to put this out in the open and talk about these things. So we've got a bunch of questions that Nathan and I are going to go through today to give you, I guess, just a couple of therapist's answers to things that we commonly hear and actually, as I was writing these, I actually really enjoyed it because these are questions that I like answering. I like bringing clarity to things. I like helping people feel comfortable, confident with the process. So I hope these resonate with you. If you are going to therapy and you've had some of these questions, maybe it'll help you there. Or maybe if you are considering going, but you're not sure because you've got these questions and you don't know how to get them answered before you start. Hopefully that'll answer some of your questions and remove some of that obstacle for you to be able to get started. So things you wish you could ask your therapist, and then we'll get into just a few like kind of heavier questions, what you wish you could say to your therapist, but don't know how, kind of like these conflict things. And then we'll just have a few sort of practical Q&A things at the very end. So Nathan, why don't you get us started? Yes, I love getting questions, um, actually. And when, when people kind of get their bravery on and decide to go ahead and ask something that they're obviously nervous about. I actually love it. So it's funny that you found some of these online because I was like, yes, I do every once in a while get asked these things. But to be honest, it's not normal. I think that these questions are going on a lot more often than anybody's asking. So Aaron, I will ask you. Now, I want to tell you too, Aaron, that I think people kind of just know that you care, but I think there's a deeper underlying piece to this question. But um, the question is, am I just paying you to care? Do you really care? That's a good one. I get that one all the time. And actually, you know, I kind of wrestled with this a little bit, but I saw this post on Instagram one time where somebody really fleshed it out and I loved it. It was basically, I'm here to do a job. I'm here to care for you and to give you certain tools and, you know, obviously listen and understand and those kinds of sort of practical things. 
So what this post was saying that was clarifying for me was, yeah, I'm doing all of those things and you're paying me for that. But all the care, the compassion, the genuine empathy, the really, you know, getting into your shoes and walking through that with you, that kind of level of care that most people don't get outside of the therapy room, that is not what you're paying for. That's like who we are. Personally, just speaking for myself, that's who I am. That comes across to people because that's important to me. And so you're not paying for that. That's the the extra bonus. And I think for a lot of good therapists, they would say the same thing. Sure, we're doing a job. You know, we're treating this. We're giving you skills. We're investigating this and that. But all that extra stuff that feels so like caring and loving and warm and all that kind of stuff, that's personal. And that really is um, who we are. I'm not sure how to say that differently. There's something else in there. I think that um, it's kind of over the top, I think, in a sense, like above and beyond that we don't have to do because there are a lot of therapists out there that will just give you like the the workbook version, you know, okay, step one, let's do this. Great. Thanks for coming in. See you next week. Step two, let's do this. And they do care, but they're really kind of working through a regimen where I think what you and I do, and I think a lot of good therapists out there, that care is extra. Nathan, I got a question for you. Uh, a lot of people, so when you come to therapy, they have this idea of this being a relationship, but then it's kind of one-sided, right? And so a lot of people have questions like, well, can I ask about you or how you're doing? Maybe things like, why did you go into this field? Or how was your Christmas? You know, those kinds of questions. Yeah, you know, I'm if you happen to be a client listening to this, you're like, yeah, I've asked him those questions. Sometimes we'll get, you might be surprised by this, but sidetracked on something like that. But um, a lot of those types of questions, like what you just said, Aaron, about, you know, how, how are things going on a regular, you know, that particular question I have to be a little bit careful with, to be honest. And so there's a couple reasons why. One, because maybe the person coming in is not really wanting to talk about what's going on in their life. They're nervous about something. They really didn't even really want to come in that day. And they're really hoping to distract and not not deal with something, in which case that's where it needs to go. Um, and the second one is that kind of depends on what's going on as far as sharing it. There's a time when, as a therapist when you can actually share too much, and that can be dangerous inside the session. But in general, like big big name topics like like, why did you get into this? And like, what did you do for Christmas? Like as a more specific thing, I'll give general answers to that. I think it's interesting. And I choose to do that kind of stuff is easiest for me therapeutically when it happens right in the beginning of the session in the first few minutes, because it's easy. And I know we can move on. If that question comes up in the middle randomly, that's a different story. Yeah. And I think two things here, when it comes up in the beginning, I think it's a great way of sort of shooting the breeze, if you will, together, or like just sort of easy connecting to ease into some deeper stuff. Whereas there are a few people that will come in and do this, like, all right, I'm just going to lay it on you. Here's what happened this week, or here's what I want to talk about. And they'll just jump right into some, you know, deep things. But those are exceptions. For the most part, like you kind of have to warm up to it. It's kind of like, okay, I'm, I'm back here. And you know, how's it going? And oh, yeah, what was your week like? Oh, great. Yeah, well, well, here was my week. And this thing happened. It's like, you know, you do these small talky sorts of things to sort of ease into it. And I think that's actually really helpful. And I would say even those kinds of things can be really helpful at the end of a session as well. If you've had some really intense emotional or 
deep personal kinds of things that you've been talking about, oftentimes we'll come back up to the surface and catch our breath and maybe talk about something light to help you adjust back to the real world where people aren't talking like that all the time. So anyway, I think that can be helpful in that way. Uh, the other thing about if it comes up in the middle of the session, usually that's where I, I get really curious. I'm like, why, why is this coming up now? Um, in the middle of the session, I get, you know, before you start therapy or as we're first getting to know each other or the beginning of the session. But if it's in the middle, it's like, is there a reason, you know, like, are you concerned about something or is there like a potential trust issue that you're running across? You're like, hey, wait a minute, why, why are you doing this that you need to address before we move on? So those are just some of the things that I think about. Let me ask you another question. Let's see here. So w- number one, the first one you found, it looks like. Am I annoying to you? Do you get frustrated with me? Are you secretly judging me over there? <laughs> I love this question. It, it This is like all of us. All of us are like, what are you thinking over there? <laughs> you know, you come in. Actually, we were just talking about this before we started recording. It's like, what do you say? You're like, you're a bowling ball rolling down a lane and you're just looking for the sides. It's like, am I even in a lane? Like, <laughs> what's going on with me? Like, help me, you know? I think that's some of what this question is getting at. There's a lot to it. Am I annoying? Do you get frustrated with me? Are you judging me? I think a lot of that is like, you know, as a person, am I acceptable? I think when people come in, as a human being, we all have a need and a desire to be accepted and to be, you know, loved or have a sense of belonging. And so some of it, I think, is getting to that. I think on a more personal level, when people ask this, sometimes it can be, I think I'm annoying and I wonder if you find me that or... I have this issue and I wonder if that's really hard for you. So it feels very personal because you're asking like, tell me if I'm annoying. And if you, if I say, yeah, you're kind of annoying, then that's (laughs) going to hurt. Right. But what if you actually are, what if you, what if you can be frustrating? Because you know what? I know, I know that I can be frustrating because I frustrate myself. I annoy myself sometimes if I have, you know, some big emotions and I'm like, oh my goodness, good grief. Here these are again. And I just, I hate that. I just wish they could just Sometimes, really, for as much as I love emotions, I'm like, they're kind of stupid sometimes. I'm like, I hate this, you know, just get it over with. All right, torture me. Okay, we're done. Are we done? Good. That can be really annoying. And, you know, I think that's normal for people. And I think if we can accept that about ourselves and be able to talk about that together from therapist to client, we can actually work around that. Rather than it being something personal that's not acceptable, we can look at it as, no, this is something that is just part of you and how you work, and we can understand it better and learn how to deal with it, maybe even learn how to deal with it better between the two of us. So it actually can be something that's really beneficial if we can actually just talk it out. Does that answer your question? Yeah, I think the other side of that coin too, you know, where I go, if somebody, I mean, I have asked that one, or I have been asked that, am I annoying? And I have to kind of make sure I kind of do something inside myself. In therapy, there's this thing called countertransference. And so without explaining that, it's basically where when somebody asks me that question, I'm thinking, am I looking annoyed at them? Like, what's going on in my face? What's happening? And so I have to check that out as well. And that makes a lot of sense. But um, I think your process makes sense. Yeah, no, that's a good point, because there are some times where I'm really either confused or I'm really just deep in thought, and it can be misread as like, oh, are you annoyed with me? I'm like, oh, my face might have looked this way. That's just because I was like processing something or whatever. So it's a tricky balance. But you know what? The thing that this is kind of highlighting, though, is that we're real people, 
and we're having like these real relational experiences that you have with other people all the time. We're just trying to be as mindful and aware and communicative about these things as possible. So another question down the list here is, do you like me as a person? That is a great question. Um, I think I think for the most part, yeah, I, I, I don't think there have been many people at all that I have not liked. I, I genuinely love people. And so that's easy for me. I'll speak to the difficult side of that, which is the thing that I know you're wondering, like, oh, so there are people you don't like. Like, am I one of those? So generally, I think people are, people are for the most part, I think, easy to like. Um, there's something, as you get to know people, there's something that can be really endearing or inspiring or admirable about each person that, for me anyway, it's easy to find those kinds of things in people. And then to just really enjoy them. Even if somebody has been through a lot of hard things and they've got a lot of defenses, I can respect that they want to protect themselves so well. Even if it comes out in a spiky sort of a way, I understand what's going on and I can see the value in that. Now, at the same time, there are some people that can be difficult to like. But here's the thing. I know that I am probably difficult to like for some people. So I don't really see it as oh, you are objectively difficult to like. I think there can be some behavior patterns that can be uh, can make it difficult for people to get along with you. Like I can think of one guy that just gets defensive all the time and he didn't he didn't realize he was doing that. And that was keeping other people from being close to him. And he did it in a way that was, you know, obviously really challenging for, for people. And so I pointed it out and he didn't even know he was doing it and we worked together to to change that. That made somebody kind of difficult to like into somebody who was easier to like. But I guess what I'm getting at, so those are like defenses or like behavior patterns. But what if it's just a personality conflict? Like we're just, we just don't get along. Well, we probably shouldn't be in therapy together. You know, I could say, I don't like you, but you could probably say, I don't really like you. You're not my cup of tea or you're not my style. And that's not personal. Because we're really just simply saying that our personalities don't mix. It's not that you are not likable where I am not likable. It's just that we don't get along. And that's totally okay. Yeah, there's rough edges sometimes that just are the way that they are. There's an entire beginning of therapeutic process called engagement. And yes, they freaking name everything in this field that you're doing. But yeah, and if that goes poorly, then basically, you know, it doesn't go well with you. So I, I actually have another question for you, Aaron. But what do you write down? What are you writing about me? I think that's probably one of the most common things. Um, and oftentimes when people first get started with me in therapy, I'll, I'll explain a lot of what's happening because I think just, you know, people are coming in like, how do things work? What do I do now? Is it your turn to talk? Is it my turn? How do we do this thing? What are you writing down over there? You know? Um, and so I'll often turn to people. I, I use an iPad and an Apple pencil to take notes. And I'll just let people know, I'm just keeping notes, writing down what we're talking about, kind of the content of it, so that I can refer back to it later on. And I really have no problem showing you what it is. Um, sometimes I'll, I'll take some of my own notes on a different page of like thoughts that I want to explore or issues, um, suspicions that I might have. And I, I could say those are more private in the sense that they're not fully formed, they're undeveloped, they're unexplored, and so I don't really want to share those until I get confirmation with my clients that, okay, yeah, maybe this is a thing, but it's going to come out eventually. It's not like I'm trying to withhold anything. So 
really, it's really not a surprise. Honestly, if you were a client and you were coming into therapy and you were taking notes on what happened, it would kind of be the same thing, right? It's really more about you, um, your process, what stood out to you. And I'm kind of doing the same thing, like, oh, um, you know, writing down that you might have had a really hard time uh, being personal uh, about yourself. You were deflecting and asking me how my day was. Um, and uh, that's telling me maybe we need to explore that. Maybe we need to talk about that more. So just that content issue, all that kind of stuff is telling me what's going on so I can refer back to it. And I have kind of a roadmap of, of what we've been doing. What about you? What do you write down? This is always, I guess, kind of more for therapists because we're always curious with each other. Like, that's what I'm writing down. But from another therapist point of view, what are you writing down? Um, I, <laughs> I do kind of, I do take notes while I'm going. Um, and some therapists don't do that. And so if, if you know me, Sitting across the couch from me, you know that I do that, and I know you are wondering. I do a lot of quotes um, because it really helps my my mind to come back to going. Oh yeah, that's exactly like it's easier for me to understand the context that way. So, are you talking movie quotes or? Yeah, I just start writing movie quotes like going down. Like, oh yeah, then that's that's why I share those later. No, when you talk about quotes, what are you referring to exactly? Oh, like you know, like say that you say something like um, that, like the client says something like. That was really hard for me. I can't believe he said that. I would, I would, I would quote that. I would like try to write that verbatim because I would easily circle back and know what that context was. Because um, for me, that was like a flagged type of thing that was important. You know, the thing that's funny about that too, I don't know if you do this, Aaron, but when people are talking to me in normal life, I'll have that happen. They'll say something and it'll be like a flash quote and be like, oh, that's a big one, like randomly. Yeah, it's so funny. The therapist's brain, like, you know, when you've been doing this all day for so many years, that just kind of becomes who you are. And sometimes, <laughs> this is ridiculous. Oh my goodness, I'm totally sharing this. Sometimes my brain is actually thinking in a documentation note. There's kind of like a style that you communicate that's a little bit formal, if you will, like just certain phrases that you use. And so sometimes... Like in my normal life, like something will happen, like you said, and I'm flagging it. And then I start documenting it in my head. And I'm like, wait a minute, I don't need to be doing that. Stop it. I'm off the clock. <laughs> then you grab your pen and you're... <laughs> <laughs> right. What are you writing over there? That's just a receipt, sir. <laughs> I've got a question for you. Um, this is one that I think certain people ask. I think a lot of people are curious about it. But I know there are certain kinds of people that ask this one. Am I a good client? My answer to that is absolutely. <laughs> With no sarcasm whatsoever. <laughs> I, I have had that actually asked one time, but I think the person was asking because they didn't really know what was good or bad or, or, or what. And really the definition in my mind of a good client is you just want to work. You take what's going on seriously. You're trying to figure things out. And because it's helpful, one of the rules of thumb that we, that we try to impart to younger therapists and that we try to hold on to ourselves is to not work harder than the client. And so when somebody comes in and they are working hard to try to figure things out, it really holds me accountable to really thinking really hard, to doing research, to trying to, because they are working hard and they'd say things like, well, it's not quite it. Well, I don't know. Like, and so I'm like, okay, you know, let's, let's try to understand like how, well, how long has this gone on for you? Well, it's gone on this long. And I'm thinking, nah, it should have been gone on longer. That's, you know, but they're being, but they have enough insight to know. And so um, a good client is not really about, well, it's not about morals. It's not about being nice. It's not about being uh, mean. It's just about like, 
I think for me, it's about work ethic, really, at the end of the day. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I think I get this question as somebody who's, I don't know, kind of an achiever. You know, I, I set goals and I work towards them and I achieve them. I think that comes across. I get those kinds of people. And so I think they're really looking at, like, am I achieving goals? And it's kind of speaking to what you were saying a little bit in the beginning of, you know, what are our goals? How do we know we're um, reaching those? Which we're going to talk about that a little in a little bit here. They're essentially saying, am I a good client in the sense that I'm working hard or I'm achieving goals, I'm making progress, I don't really know what it is, so can you help me to see and understand those things? And so for me, that's always a good conversation to pause and to give that feedback and to update you on where things are going from my point of view and the progress that you've made. So it's always a really good conversation for me. I've got another question for you. Sometimes people wonder if we struggle with the same issues, but they don't ask it. But sometimes people will say, like, well, do you ever struggle with that? How do you answer that question? Well, I think all these questions, to be honest, they depend. And I'm just going to refer back to myself earlier in the same episode. But let's just assume that it's, you know, a good question, um, meaning that I should be answering it. And um, so the answer is, like, we're both, we're, everybody's human. So it, and it depends. Sometimes there's things that, that I can totally identify with. And sometimes there's things that I'm not like, I don't have schizophrenia. So like, and I've, I work with that with people, but I can't identify. And that's the thing is I'll be open with it. Like people, I think what, what you're trying to get at with that question is, do you get me? Do you understand this? Um, is this surmountable? Can I get to the other side of it? Am I totally lost? If you've made it through, how did you do it? You know, it's, it's all that kind of thing. And and it's important for people to honestly know where we're at, like how far away from them are we type of a thing. And I think the biggest thing that I try to do is just remain with the person, you know, like this is where we're at. Um, what do you think about that now is kind of the end of that uh, question answer period. I don't know how much time we have left, but I want to ask one or more of these questions. I'm afraid of getting too attached to you and needing you. Is this normal? Yes, that is a great question. I think a lot of people struggle with that. I think there's kind of, you know, if you expand on that, one of the other questions that I had um, next to it was, okay, if I do get too attached, I'm afraid I'm going to get hurt. Is that normal? And I think those kind of go hand in hand because I, I think the idea is that I know as a client, as a person, that I'm going to come in and I need to share personal things. And a lot of times, People are sharing things with us that they've never shared with anybody else ever. I'm always so amazed and I feel so privileged when people share things like that with me um, because it means that they feel safe and that they trust me and they trust us in the process. But there's also this tremendous responsibility. And I think what this question is getting at is if I do that, I'm afraid that I'm going to feel really connected or really attached. And then, you know, what happens if you retire or you leave or you move or we just get really close. And then I'm like, oh my God, I need you. I have to go to therapy. I can't wait until therapy. Like, oh, I just got to tell my therapist this. Like that can be really scary for people. And I think that is absolutely normal. There's an element, I think, of the therapeutic relationship that is intended to build connection like that so that we can facilitate the process of, okay, now that you feel safe and you trust 
let's go deep. Let's dig down into some like personality things or childhood things or your your deepest wounds that you've been protecting for so long. If you don't have the strength of that attachment and that relationship, you're not going to feel secure enough to go and do that. So there is an element or a phase, maybe you could say, of the therapy process that we do that. And at the same time, we don't want people to be dependent on us permanently. I think there's a period of learning healthy attachment with a therapist um, through that process. And then even as you develop that sort of dependence, we want to help you to develop independence from that. Just like a child, you know, clings to their mother's leg. Um, I just had a picture of Nathan's clients clinging to his leg. <laughs> um, sorry, that was a little a dist- strong leg. <laughs> it was a little distracting. Um, but just like that, you know, you, you cling to your therapist's leg of sorts, but the therapist wants you to go out and explore the playground, go play with other people, see what it's like, and then come back to the safety and the trust of the relationship until you have all the skills you need to go out permanently and be on your own. So I think we do want a sense of attachment, and it's normal for that, and realize at some point when you're ready and when it's safe and you've got the skills, we do want you to be on your own. Like we, we say all the time, my goal is to work myself out of a job. If I've done my job, then you really don't need me, and you feel good about that. You feel confident to go out and do the things that you want to do on your own. Anything you want to add to that, Nathan? I think as therapists, we have to be mindful of like everything you were saying about the dependency issue. That's a huge component, but it's just normal for us to connect as people and to become attached. And there is a dependency place that happens with that. So let's see here. So what do you wish you could say to your therapist, but don't know how? So number one, I don't really like it when you... Yeah. So these questions are, I mentioned that they were kind of heavier ones in the sense that they're kind of more conflict oriented um, between you and your therapist. I think in any relationship, you're going to come across conflict and you should, because conflict is an opportunity for deeper connection and intimacy and understanding of one another. If you work through it well, then you understand how one another works, what's important to each of you or what you value and why this thing happened in the first place. And you can grow deeper together after it. So if you don't do that, though, then you're kind of staying stuck in your closeness or your intimacy. So this question is really like something's happened. You know, I'm a client and Nathan, you're my therapist and you said something that really bothered me. Maybe it it sounded like you judged me or you totally got me wrong and said something about me that I was like, that's so not true at all about me. And that really hurt. But I don't want to say something because maybe maybe it's a blind spot. Maybe you're right. And I I am missing something. And at the same time, I'm like, no, I don't think that's true at all. So the question, what do you wish you could say, really, is sim- it's just as simple as that. Hey, can we talk about something? Last session, you said something that I want to be open to the fact that maybe it's a blind spot. But when I thought about it, it really didn't ring true for me. It didn't seem like it fit me. And so here's the thing that you said, and that really bothered me. Can we talk about that? That would be kind of a a single specific thing. If it's a pattern, which this question may be getting at, I don't really like it when you, maybe you interrupt me. Maybe you tell jokes at the wrong time, or you just tell too many jokes. Again, this is a working relationship, and it's important for the clients to be able to give feedback as well. Um, I'm curious, what is it like for you, Nathan, as a therapist when people do this? Because I, 
I know this happens probably like a few times a day <laughs> where people are giving you feedback. <laughs> actually, I don't think it's ever happened. I'm surprised that you're asking this question. I would say overall, it's actually really helpful. Where this goes is actually really helpful because a lot of the time when a question like on this level gets asked, I'm already kind of wondering what is going on. And so when somebody asks that, I'm like, oh, so there was some kind of misunderstanding. There's something going on or that I missed something. And now I can find it. The worst case scenario for me, honest, just being vulnerable, is when somebody tells me something that I said that does not sound like me at all, and I cannot remember the context. And so I'm asking, like, on the one hand, I'm sure you can identify with this, that you don't want to, like, agree that you sounded like that. And on the other hand, it's like, well, they're not lying. It's not like they're making this up. I mean, this, this had to happen this way. But I have found that every time that has gone on, we have been able to figure out like, okay, this is what was going on. This is what I meant. And sometimes I did mean what they were talking about and it was just wrong. And, and um, when they explain more than we understand, I think a lot of times as a client you're, that's in a good relationship with your therapist, you're giving them the benefit of the doubt. And so the question that I get is more like, so I, I tried to hear what you were saying, but the more I thought about it, the more I thought, no, nah, I got to bring this up. That's kind of how it starts with me. And then, um, and then I know like, okay, well, we're trying to figure that. And that doesn't feel dangerous to me, by the way. Um, I'm okay with that. Is it just so you know, as a, as a client or, or like when maybe with your, with your therapist coming at it that way, we're, it's really easy not to get defensive about that. Yeah, I think it, it can be a little bit nerve wracking a little bit because it's like, oh, no, what did I say? What did I do? You know, I, I, I feel bad for upsetting you. And that's that's never my intention. And so there might be just a little bit of, you know, nervousness about that. But whenever that conversation happens, I'm always so grateful because it clarifies things for me of like, maybe I need to be more careful or I now know there's this area of sensitivity for you that I didn't realize was there before. And I learned something about myself as well during this process and also about myself with you. And so that's extremely helpful. There's another question that's kind of similar, um, but it's kind of on the other side of it. The first one was kind of, I wish, or I don't like it when you do this. This other one is more like, man, I really wish my therapist would do this. And I think sometimes if you're somebody who has friends that are in therapy and maybe you talk about that, you're sort of sharing stories and you're like, oh, my therapist did this. And you're like, oh, my therapist never does that. (laughs) I wish my, this happens to Nathan all the time. His clients are like, oh. Aaron does that. Well, Nathan, why don't you do this? Oh, my word. <laughs> Mostly around spreadsheets. <laughs> Nathan, you never do spreadsheets. <laughs> I did a spreadsheet once. <laughs> you did once. <laughs> so the question is, I wish you would do this more. I wish you would blank more. That would be really helpful to me. This is a question I wish I could say to my therapist, but I'm, I don't know how to say it. I think, well, what are your thoughts on why that's hard for people to, to say or ask of their therapist? I think it's probably just normal humanity on one side because the reality is is that you might just go like, well, they're just not that type of person. You'll like answer your own question yourself in your mind and go, it's kind of weird. I don't know. But um, I think some of it might be because what you're hoping for is something that the therapist is not really prone to do, but maybe you feel like would work. Like one thing that's a, this is kind of the other side of that coin, but I'll get people that'll come to me because they hear from referrals that I talk and that sounds funny, but there's a lot of therapists that will just reframe, validate and wait. And that's it. And listen, they do a really great job listening. 
but folks will come in because they they know that it's more interaction and and so I hear that type of feedback on the other side. I'm sure that it that is probably in reverse too, like where some people will maybe leave me and go to somebody like, man, that guy talks too much. I just need to be heard. So um, I hope that's not the case, actually. But so I think it's part of it's maybe just coming down to personality to some extent. Yeah. So what about you, Aaron? What What do you wish? What do you think about that question? Yeah, I think it's really, I think it's hard because it feels like it's a vulnerable thing to do for people. You know, if I'm saying I want or need more of this from you, I think there's the implication that you're not doing it. And it kind of sounds, or it can feel like I'm giving you a criticism, like, Nathan, you're not listening to me or you're not understanding me. Can you do that more? Um, so I think there's two sides of that. One, it can sound like I'm criticizing you. And also the other one is like, it, it's also vulnerable to put that forward and ask because it's like telling the professional, the mechanic, like, hey, can you like use less grease when you do that? <laughs> or, you know, <laughs> can you can you keep a cleaner workstation as you're changing my oil or hey, something? <laughs> um, so I think there's something vulnerable about that. But it, this is exactly why I, I put this down because it's such an important question. Because if there is something you wish that your therapist would do or something that you feel like you need more of, you need to ask because it, that means it's important to you and it needs to be happening in order for you to probably continue growing in the, in the way and at the rate that you need. Okay. So last little section here, got a couple of questions, um, sort of just a little Q and a, um, things that people wonder about that we just want to clarify. One of the questions is, what are you supposed to do every session? I, I come in and I sit down and it's like, okay, what are we doing? Where do we start? Um, am I supposed to have an agenda? Are you leading the way? Um, am I supposed to know what we're, what we're talking about? Like, I don't even know what to do when I sit down. <laughs> well, you know, that totally depends on wh- what session that you're in. An example, like, if it's the first time that we're ever meeting, then that question makes sense in a way that, you know, you're just meeting the person, you don't really know what you're doing. And for me, I'm just gonna. I'm just trying to get to know you. So the goal is just to get to know you. In the earlier part of sessions, you know, you can't really do any work without relationship. We actually know that 85% of whether or not counseling works is all about the relationship. It has nothing to do with degrees and alphabet soup after the person's name. But in a regular session, where things are just going along, if somebody outright asks that after maybe like I don't know three or four months or something of being in session weekly, I would go, okay, well, what has been going on for you? Where do you think that we are going? Like, just to put it back, because in my mind, we already know big picture where we're going. So if, if this is being asked again, then I need to know where you think you're at in order to be able to help you get back to where we are going, um, which I think this kind of sounds weird as I say it out loud, but I think it makes sense. What about you, Aaron? Yeah, I think it's a good opportunity to kind of talk about how the process works with people, I usually explain to people, yeah, I mean, I can lead if you want, but generally I look at my clients as the experts on themselves. Like, you know yourself and your situation and your needs better than I do. So when people are asking like, okay, what do we work on today? I'm like, what do you feel is lacking still? If we've been making progress towards your goals and you're kind of wondering where we're at with that, I would ask you, when you first came in, these were your goals or these are the issues that were going on, what's left undone? What is left untouched or that needs more work? You know, to give more of a practical example, I'm realizing it's a bit hard to speak to. So let's say that you 
um, are having trouble in relationship, that your partner is saying that you have whatever issue you have. And after the intake process, I realized that, you know what, you've got, you've got some trauma in your background, and that's affecting how angry that you are, which is what's coming off as ab- abrupt and distant. And so I've told you that that's, I think, what's going on. And now you don't really have the connection between like, we haven't really worked as much on that. We've been working on trauma, let's say. You're still being angry at home. Your spouse is still irritable about it. And you come in and I say, well, how's it been going for you? You're like, what the crap are we talking about this for? Because like, I, I have, you know, like, I thought we were going to talk about anger. And, um, and so what I'm doing is, is I'm trying to understand with that question, what's been going on the last time since we've met that is going to either be A, getting in the way of where we're going, or B, something else that we need to interact with that's a part of the process we've already been doing. Um, Because in my mind, what I'm trying to do is heal the trauma and help you learn new skill sets of how to to deal with that emotional anger that's going to be lighter on your spouse. So that's, I guess, one example. Yeah, and I think that's why when people come in, I will usually tell them, Go ahead. If there's something that happened this past week in your life, bring that in. Let's talk about that. Even if for you, it's like, I feel like I'm just sort of sharing what's going on this week. In a way, yeah, you are. But remember, you're the expert on yourself. You know the issues. And if something happened this week that you wanted to talk about in therapy, it probably relates to something that you wanted to talk about in therapy that's important to you, that's a major issue, and that you need help with or needs addressed. So to me, if I were to put a bunch of sessions in front of me, you know, chronologically from left to right, I would be able to run a thread through all of them, probably that has the same theme, whether, you know, if we're talking about trauma or anger or defensiveness or whatever, I can probably um, take that situation that you're describing that happened this week and find the issue that you're coming to therapy for and help you to see where it's at and how it's manifesting itself. So that's helpful. Um, That's the way I work. I think, I don't know if other counselors do it that way, but I think that's kind of a common thing. You can do it the other way around where it's like, okay, let's work on the anger. Did anything happen this week where you got angry? And so you can kind of see, oh yeah, there was this one thing that happened and you can go that way as well. Another question that I have is, what should I do between sessions? So I leave and I come back and then what? Am I supposed to do something between now and next week? Am I supposed to prepare? Are you preparing? Like, what? what's the deal here? Yeah, that, um, yeah, I mean, that depends on style, a lot of it. And it depends on need, you know, in processing. I'm, I work a lot with trauma. So the in-between sessions are a lot about just staying regulated. I'm not going to add a lot for you to do. It's going to be more of how to do life a little bit differently, maybe what not to do rather than what to do. Um, so it just depends on, on really it depends on what's going on and what the goals are. I think there's another, yeah, kind of like that. I think sometimes there are opportunities for people to practice something different. Like if I want you to practice listening instead of speaking more, then that would be the thing. It's like we've talked about a skill and you're just going to practice it wherever you can. But I think most of the time the growth and change process is more about awareness. And so as we talk about things that you might not have been as aware of before therapy, what I'm getting people to to do is to, I want you just to think about what we talked about. I want you to notice this thing that is, is new to you or notice this thing that is undefined to you so that it becomes clearer. 
because the clearer you can see it, the more it's going to bother you, the more motivated you're going to become to want to deal with it. And then the more you're going to bring that into session and say, okay, I've noticed that I do this. I really don't like that. I tried this, but it didn't work. Now what? And I'm like, yes, that's great. You see it, you understand it, you feel it, and you want to do something about it. And that's increased your motivation and your engagement with the process. So there's no right or wrong answer. I think it kind of depends on you and your personality. Some people really want some practical things to do, like homework, and other people are like, I'm never going to do homework, so don't even <laughs> don't even try to assign it to me. Okay, one more question. This is for all the, I get this for like my achieving people. Um, how do you know if you're making progress in therapy? Okay, so I've been coming for three months or six months or whatever, like, I get what we're doing, but am I even making any progress? How do I even know? Yeah, that's one of the things as a therapist that you are keeping track of, quite frankly, on on the weekly basis. And so, and I would encourage you too as a therapist that really this is when the client and, and that question comes to be able to orient them to what that you have been paying attention. So you let them know, well, we did this, this is what happened, this is what's going on. And even if you know, from a therapist side, you're, you know that there's progress that's been made, but, but you, sometimes as therapists, we hear that question, we're like, oh no, this person doesn't feel like any changes happen. And you feel like, I haven't been doing my job. This is horrible. Like, I'm going to get in trouble. Like, like the teachers, <laughs> the principal's coming to get you or something. But as I've found that every time I've started to answer that question, the, the client will go, Oh, I didn't, they don't, they usually don't realize that they actually have made some changes and they don't realize that those are as significant as they are. And, and so I think that it's really helpful actually to have that question most of the time. I like these questions, uh, this, this question, I should say, because it gives me an opportunity to give feedback, to reflect back on maybe early sessions and where things were at in the beginning and the things that you've been able to accomplish and what you know, what you're aware of, how you're doing things differently now. And usually, like you said, you, you give that feedback to the client and they're like, oh yeah, I forgot about that. Or like, wow, yeah, I didn't realize that I was doing that now. Like even, even progress can be a blind spot for people because they're just, they just see their internal negative patterns, the things they're still struggling with. They don't see the positive changes that are happening. And so it can be a really good reminder of these are the things you have accomplished that are going really well. Keep it up. Yeah. Anyway, these are just great conversations to have with your therapist. Hopefully in talking about all of these topics, you kind of have a better understanding of like, yeah, this is actually kind of just like a real relationship, except, you know, for a lot of conflict avoiders or people just who struggle in relationships, hopefully this makes you feel a little bit more comfortable about speaking to these things with therapists, because this is our job to do it. We have these kinds of conversations all the time. We're trained in how to handle them. And hopefully, we are mature enough that we can handle them personally without, you know, without taking them personally. But we can handle them well with you because we do want to improve ourselves. We're gonna, we know we're going to make mistakes. We want to make adjustments and we want to help you with your mistakes and your issues and make adjustments along with you. And we just want to do that together as best and as healthy as we can. Yeah, <laughs> this has been a really fun episode. Actually, I love these questions. I know we went a little bit longer than we're used to doing, but um, that's because these questions are awesome. So I hope that the, you have enjoyed this and um, I really hope that you guys have a great day and thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to our show. Don't forget to head over to Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Stitcher, 
or wherever you get your podcast to leave us a review and subscribe to our podcast so you never miss an episode. You can also visit our website at www.shrinkthinkpodcast.com forward slash course and sign up for our free email course, Nine Ways to Overcome Fear and Self-Doubt. And you'll get nine weeks worth of customized, practical strategies you can use to get past the fear that's holding you back in your life. Thanks again for listening. Thank you.